Today is week two of our current series called The Gifts of Christmas. And last week, Jads did an amazing job kicking it off, encouraging us to uh, look at the way we honour the giver of gifts. God has given us so many wonderful gifts. Amen. He's given us salvation, eternal life. He's given us his son. Uh, Acts 2 says he's given us the Holy Spirit. And for the wonderful things that he gives us, we need to honour him with our whole hearts. And that was the three things that Jazz talked about as well. Honour him with our obedience, honour him with our whole heart, and honour him with our worship. Now that was last week, but this week we're going to take a look at what the Bible says about spiritual gifts. And I'm really excited to bring this word today. Uh, This is not the first time in this church that we've talked about spiritual gifts. Uh, Back in March... Uh, Greg Murray spoke, gave a great message on spiritual gifts. If you weren't here for that session, you can always go online under the sermons section on our website and you should be able to find the message there. It was a fantastic message. Uh, But I want to continue the conversation because I believe, truly believe, that spiritual gifts in the life of the local church is more important than we think. Um, Matter of fact, let me start by saying this, that if we're going to see God's church flourish in the world, we need the spiritual gifts to be in operation. Right? If we're going to see people set free, made whole in Jesus' name, if we're going to see people strengthened in God, if we're going to see the bride of Christ become radiant and beautiful in this world, we need to see the functioning of the spiritual gifts in the church. Because when they are used properly and used well and used to the glory of God, they can be incredibly powerful, yeah? Really powerful, but they've got to be used correctly. I mean, no, there have been, you know, people who have misused and mishandled the gifts that God has given the church. But here's the thing. As much as I cannot stand that, I don't like that any more than any of you. But we need to understand if that happens, it's not a reflection of God. It's a reflection of man. Because my Bible says in James chapter 1 that every good and perfect gift comes from above, the Father of heavenly lights. Okay? God is good. God loves his kids. God wants to give good gifts to his children. And Jesus even said this. He said, even though you want to give good gifts to your kids, how much more would a heavenly father want to give good gifts to those who ask him? So we have a God that is loving. We have a God that just wants to give. He is generous and he's given the church gifts. So we don't need to be skeptical. Whatever anybody has done, We can't be wary. We can't be hesitant. What we need to do is go to the Word of God, get a proper understanding of what God has given us, dig deep, pray about it, and then step out in faith and use them. And when we do, we can operate with joy, confident faith, and we can see God move. So that's why I'm really excited to talk about this today. Uh, This won't be a comprehensive study of the spiritual gifts. Uh, It's going to be more of an overview, but I will tackle three things up on the screen there, uh, we're going to be looking at, number one, what are the spiritual gifts according to the Bible? Uh, what is the purpose of those gifts and who can operate in those gifts? I think you'll find this quite surprising because sometimes we think, well, these are the gifted few, but potentially every one of us can be involved if we love Jesus. So how about we look at our passage today in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. If you have your Bible, turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, people usually uh, use this passage to talk about spiritual gifts. Uh, If you haven't got a Bible, we're going to put it up there on the screen as well. 
But if you have 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and we will read from uh, verse 4. Paul says to the Corinthian church and then to us, it says, Now there are a variety of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are a variety of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Uh, for to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and he lists them. And to another, the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, the ability to distinguish between spirits. Uh, to another, various kinds of tongues. To another, interpretation of tongues. And all these are empowered by one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. How about we pray? Father, this is your word, and we are here as your people, and we want to receive your word. So we are asking, Lord God, that as we dive into the scriptures and we talk about this topic, which I believe is a very important topic, I pray that there will be clarity. I pray that we'll be informed. We won't be ignorant about the gifts, but we will understand them with a greater uh, capacity, Lord God, so that we may use it all for the glory of God. Would you quiet our hearts right now in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Uh, in recent times, my wife Amy and I, we've been talking about what do we do with the house that we're living in because the kids are getting bigger, the place it feels like it's getting smaller and so we're thinking, what do we do? Do we extend the house? Do we renovate the house? Uh, it's an old house, so do we just like demolish it and build our dream home? We're having these discussions and I think we're getting a little bit closer to a decision, which is exciting, but... Whatever we decide to do, there's something that we cannot afford to mess up on, and that's the building process. You can't get a dodgy builder, okay? You, you want a builder who knows what they're doing, right? If you want to build a good house and renovate the house, right? I, I mean, imagine that, you know, we had all the plans set out and we're excited and we get the builder in and he walks into the place holding nothing but a screwdriver and a hammer, and that's it. And it's like, whoa, time out, what, what are you doing? Like you walk into our house, you're meant to remodel the whole place or renovate the whole place with a screwdriver and a hammer? Like where are your tools? I think you need more than just that. But you know, I paint this picture for the simple fact that I'm assuming that you want to come to Uni Hill Church and you uh, have a burden in your heart to build up people, to strengthen them, to speak truth into their lives, to pray powerfully on their behalf, to encourage them you know, to, to display the love of God in their lives. But my question is, how do you expect to do this if you don't make use of the tools and the resources that God has provided by which we accomplish that goals? You know, I'm talking about spiritual gifts, of course. They are the tools. They are the, the resources we need. They're the means uh, by which the Holy Spirit serves to build us up into the image of Christ. And as I said, at the start, if we want our church to flourish and we want to make a difference, not just at Uni Hill Church but beyond, uh, we must commit to using the gifts that God has graciously given us. And we do it not only because it's necessary for growth, but we do it because it's a command in Scripture. 
think about that for a second. We can't come out and say, well, let me pray about it, Cal. I'm not sure. No, you don't pray about whether you obey Scripture. God gives you a command. Guess what you do? You obey. It's a command of Scripture. Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1, to eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. At the end of chapter 12, he says the same thing. Eagerly desire spiritual gifts. It is a command. And for those of us who love Jesus and we seek to obey Jesus, then this is not optional. It's a biblical mandate. Eagerly desire spiritual gifts. That verb, eagerly desire, it means to have a deep, strong, passionate affection for. It means you've got to want it really bad. And that's probably a question I want you to think about as we go through this. Do you eagerly desire the gifts that God has given the church and given to you? Do you chase after it? You know, we have this expression, you know, seek the giver, not the gift. I understand what they're saying here. But here we're commanded to seek the gift. But we're commanded to seek the gift, not just for us, but that we can bless other people. And I'll, I'll get to that in a moment. Um. So that's, uh, but what are spiritual gifts? That being said, what are spiritual gifts? Is there a definition in the Bible? Well, not really. Uh, you might see expressions of these gifts operating within the Bible, but we don't actually have a specific definition in the New Testament about spiritual gifts. But the closest one that we've got is what we see here in verse 7 of what we just read. Uh, it says, um, To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. So according to this, spiritual gifts are the Holy Spirit himself made manifest, right? Manifesting his power and his presence through you and me. So don't think of spiritual gifts as like the kind of gifts that we put under the Christmas tree. It's not a thing, right? It's not external to God. Spiritual gifts are God himself, the Holy Spirit, um, manifesting and operating in the life of the believer. And he manifests in a variety of ways. So it's the Spirit manifests himself through a word of knowledge. Or the Spirit manifests himself through healing. Or the Spirit manifesting himself through wisdom. Whatever that gift is. right? That's the spiritual gift. So if it's God operating in and through you and we're a vessel, then we need to be careful to steward the gifts that God has given because the gift is himself. Does that make sense? So that's really what spiritual gifts are. But what is their purpose? Now... As far as their purpose, I mentioned it a number of times, but let me get more specific. The purpose of spiritual gifts is that the body of Christ might, may be built up, right? So they're tools that God has entrusted to us for the edification, that's a big Bible word, edification, the building up, the strengthening of God's people. And that's why he wants us to use them. He says, I want you to seek the gifts because I want our church to be built up and strengthened. Because let's be honest, we all get weary from time to time. We all need encouragement from time to time. There are, there are times where we drop our head, we drop our shoulders, we feel like we can't move on, we might doubt, and we need God to speak into our lives. And this is what the gifts are for. It's for building each other up and strengthening each, each other up in Christ. Okay, that's the primary purpose. Now, I believe that gifts can be used outside the church. I think there's enough scriptural evidence to suggest that. But as far as Paul, at least according to Paul, they are to be used predominantly in the church. Why? So people can be 
built up. Uh, in fact, if you look in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 there, we won't go through every single one, but uh, a lot of references just in that chapter alone about the gifts being used to build up the body of Christ. You know, uh, verse 3, verse 4, verse 5, 12, 9, 26, it's all there. Um, instruct, build up, strengthen, console. This is what the gifts are for. It's for ministering to one another. And I can't stress this enough. I really can't stress this enough. It's not about ourselves, church. It's never about ourselves. I think some people say, well, this is my gift, and they wave it around. It's a badge of honor. Look at my gift. Guys, it's never been my gift to have. It's been God's gift to give away. <laughs> the joy isn't so much receiving the gift. The joy is giving it away to bless other people. That's what the gift is for, so they may be strengthened. Maybe I can put it in a bit of a different way here. All right, you see this gift, beautiful gift box. Jazz introduced last week. She said, we're not going to open it. We're going to open it today. Oh, the suspense. Just so you know, I might, might be sorely disappointed, but <laughs> it's just a prop, people. I want you to imagine that um, someone gave me this gift at Christmas. They said, Cal, this is your gift. It's practical. You're going to love it. Now, already I'm excited because it's practical. Who loves practical gifts? Something you can actually use, <laughs> right? So I'm going, okay, this is a gift. This is awesome. Now, gift giving 101, all right? What's the first thing you do when someone gives you a gift? You say... Thank you. All right. Um, so you say thankful to the, thank you to the person because it's a gift. You didn't deserve it. You didn't earn it. Out of the goodness of their heart, they gave the gift. Now, after you said thank you, what do you do? Do you shove it under the bed? You open and unwrap the gift. Okay, very, very simple. And just so you know, when we're talking about spiritual gifts, that's what we're doing here today. We're going into the scriptures and we're discovering what's inside the scriptures with regards to gifts. We want to know what's in the gift, right? So today's really about learning and getting familiar with the gifts. So with a gift, you want to unwrap it, you want to get inside, you want to discover what actually is inside the gift. And uh, this is the gift very red and shiny sorry Lena I think it's got a bit of dust on it now it's good now you've seen one of these right you probably use one of them at home a stovetop coffee maker or someone said the real did someone use the name yeah percolator but I think someone said anyway there's um there's there's another name for it but this makes coffee so the person who would give me this gift, I think they're on the money. This is so me because I love coffee. Anyone knows me, I love coffee. Probably a little bit too much. And so that's what makes it exciting. But why I think this is perfect for me isn't just because I love coffee. I get to make people coffee. And that's what I love the most. That's what brings me the great, greatest joy. Like in our connect group, every fortnight before people walk in the door, the coffee machine's already on. And I make coffees for them. It's, it's not, not that good. Granted, Brad, isn't it? It's not great. But I love doing it. It's like, let's drink it together. Let's enjoy it together. It's this, this sense of, of bonding. That's what I love the gift. And in a very simple way, that's what spiritual gifts are like. They're not just, they're, they're not just 
you know, a gift so I can say, wow, fantastic, isn't this great? No, it's a gift given to me to give to someone else. That's what spiritual gifts are about. So that's why it's exciting to operate in the gifts that God gives us because we get to bless people. We get to be like Jesus and think of others first. That's exciting. It's the gift of giving. And uh, because at the end of the day, it's about loving others and putting them first. Have you ever wondered why Paul, in the middle of talking about spiritual gifts, smack bang right in the middle, chapter 13, there's a love chapter. There's no accident there. What he's saying to the Corinthian church, he goes, guys, you lack no spiritual gift. You guys have got the gifts, all right? I'm not saying don't use them. I'm saying use them in the proper way. And that's what he do. He gives instructions. But he says, use them, but always do them from a place of love. You must be driven by love because he says, you can operate in all these wonderful gifts, but if you do not have love, they don't mean anything. So to use those gifts is actually about love. All right. Again, it's not just about ourselves. It's about other people. Right. But here's the third question that I want us to look at today. Who is able to operate the gifts? All right, Because the Bible says that the Spirit distributes the gifts according to His will. Now, what does that mean? Is that you get what you get and you don't get upset? Is that what it means? Suck it up. You got it. Use it. No, I don't think that's what it's talking about because the Bible says you can ask for spiritual gifts. So what does it mean? Who gets to operate them? Well, when you talk about spiritual gifts, it seems that they fall into two categories. Hopefully, this will be helpful to you. I mentioned this to someone recently, and it really helped them. Um, falls into two categories. There are gifts that we call, firstly, permanent and residential. They're always present in the Christian. They reside there. Right? And you can exercise them at will. So, for example, someone with a teaching gift, like a, a Greg Murray or a Jasmine Crennan, or maybe some of you guys here in the church, you have a teaching gift. I can say, hey, can you expound this scripture for me? Straight away, you go, yeah, I can do it. And I'd be glad to do it because it's part of you. It's, it's residing in you. Does that make sense? You can do it at will at any time. Or it might be a gift of mercy, for example. People are wired like that. They can just be merciful at any time. Or a gift of encouragement or a gift of leadership or a gift of administration. These are examples of permanent residential gifts they don't don't leave and you can use them anywhere at any time subject to your will right that's the first category but then there are gifts referred to as occasional and circumstantial gifts and they're only operative on occasions and circumstances when God wants to do something through you that's the exciting thing about the gifts and the gifts listed in 1 Corinthians 12 that we're looking at today uh, it appears that they fall into the category of occasional and circumstantial gifts. You can't just use them at will whenever. God's got to distribute them to use for a certain occasion. Yeah. So that being said, let's go through the gifts and I'll explain why they are you know, occasional and circumstantial. So the first one on the list there, it says utterance of wisdom, a word of wisdom. This is a wonderful gift in the body of Christ. <clears throat> you ever been in a situation where you're like, I don't know what to do? I don't know where to go. I don't know what decision I need to make. And you want God's wisdom to come to you? 
Well, God gives somebody the gift of wisdom to give to you to speak into that moment. That's a beautiful gift. I don't think we talk about wisdom enough. The Bible says that wisdom is supreme. God wants to give you wisdom. But that's a wonderful gift of the Spirit, and it is a gift given for an occasion. Or the second one on the list there, it says utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit. Okay, or a word of knowledge. It is something that God reveals to someone that the person would have no way of knowing unless God revealed it to them. And uh, what this actually does, this is a wonderful gift too, because it really opens up people's hearts to God. I remember the first time God gave me a word of knowledge. Uh, It was my first day of Bible college. And the lecturer at the front, he'd, he'd just been talking about prayer, and he says, before we leave, we're just going to put into practice what we've learnt. So we're going to pray for each other. And so he would break us up into like groups of four with people we don't know. We've just met them first day. And he says, I want you to pray for each other, but I don't want you just to jump in there straight away and pray for them. I want you to stop. I want you to wait. I want you to listen to the Spirit, and then I want you to prophetically pray over them. Now, context. I've never done this before. This is not in my world. I got saved in a church that was pretty conservative in this area, never spoke about the ministry of the Spirit or spiritual gifts at all. Uh, In fact, to my understanding, there were a few people in the leadership team who were cessationists. There are people um, who, who, who believe that the spiritual gifts have ceased. They're no longer for today with the closing of the canon of Scripture. Okay, which we don't believe here at Uni Hill Church, just so you know. We're continuationists. We believe that the spiritual gifts are continued and in operation for the church today. But that was their kind of emphasis, and that was the church I got saved in. And so that's what I'm learning. So when I come to this Bible college class, and he's saying, be still, wait on Lord, the Lord, and he will speak to you. I'm thinking, are you kidding? Does that really happen? <laughs> But I thought, okay, better do the right thing. And so we sit and we wait and we listen. And God gave me a word of knowledge for the woman in front of me. Um, Her husband was to the right. And I did not want to give that word. Right? Because you know what I'm thinking? What if I'm wrong? What if I made it up in my head? What if I'm offending her? Like, what do I say? I'm going to look stupid. You know, who knows what I'm talking about? (laughs) Okay. But there was this stirring inside of me that I had to do it. And if I didn't, it would be disobedience. So I'm sweating. I go, okay, I'm going to do this. And I said, look, I, know, I don't know your background. I don't know your, your family background. But I feel like the Lord wants to encourage you because I sense that there are people in your family who don't understand your faith. And that upsets you. And I feel like God just wants to encourage you not to give up, but keep going. He's proud of you. That's what I said. She looks at her husband with a smile and then she looks back at me. She says, Cal, that is more on the money than you imagine. She said, I have parents uh, in my life. They speak a lot. They're very opinionated, but they're not Christians and they don't understand my faith. And matter of fact, she said, me going to Bible college is the worst decision you'll ever make. And she's got very down on it. And she said, even on the way to the class, I'm speaking to my husband in the car. And I said, you know what? I've had enough. I want to quit Bible college. I'm not going to do this anymore. And she said, but you said, you gave me a word of knowledge. And she got encouraged by that and we got to pray for her. 
So the word of knowledge is wonderful because it opens up the door to say, God's listening, God wants to speak to you, God's got something to say. But that's one gift and that's occasional and circumstances. You can't get a word of knowledge at will, (laughs) right? God has to give it to you. And then verse 9, the next one, faith. Okay, now this is not the kind of faith that you and I have in our hearts, but rather I think it's this extraordinary, unusual, supernatural surge of confidence that enables you to believe something for which you have no explicit biblical assurance. Okay, it's a steep, inexplicable, uh, inexplicable eruption in your heart, gift of faith. I don't know if you've experienced that. Um, it doesn't happen to me much, but occasionally like, you just know. doesn't make sense. Nothing seems to add up in the natural, but you just know, right? That's the gift of faith. And again, it's occasional and circumstantial. And it often is coupled with this next one, the gifts of healing by one and the same spirit. Now, I want to spend a few minutes in here, not too long, um, maybe clear up some potential misunderstandings with regards to this gifts, uh, meant, this gift mentioned in 1 Corinthians. Um, you, people may have different views and I understand that, but this is the way I see it when I do this study. When someone operates in this ministry, we often say, well, that person has the gift of healing, right? People are healing all over the place. That person has the gift of healing as if they can just pull it out of their pocket at will and heal everybody of every disease anywhere at all time at will. And I went through a season where I thought maybe that's the case, but then I looked at the scripture and that's never been present in the body of Christ to, you know, heal at will uh, at any time. Um, Because even Paul the Apostle, right, he had an incredible ministry, right? Healing ministry, the guy was a machine. You look, read the Bible, he healed everybody like that. But you know what? He did not heal everyone. I'm just going to be true to the Scriptures. You look in the Scriptures. Philippians 2 talks about he didn't heal Epaphroditus. Uh, Timothy, he's right-hand man. He was sick. He had a stomach ailment. He even said, take some medicine for your stomach because you're ill. Um, Trophimus, it says he left in another city, sick. The Scripture says that. Paul left his buddy sick in Miletus. Um, so Paul had a great healing ministry, but he couldn't, couldn't heal everybody at will. And so that's why I say that there's never been such a thing as the gift of healing, because when you look at this text here, it says gifts of healing. God gives the body of Christ gifts of healing, plural gifts. And even that word healing in the original Greek is also plural. So it really should read gifts of healings. God gives the body of Christ gifts of healings. Does that have a different feel about it? You know what that says to me? That God gives someone a gift in the body for that occasion for that person. You see someone sick over here. God's going to give someone a gift for that person. God's going to give a gift for that person. That's the gifts of healing. And so the way I see it, this is not a permanent residential gift that you can use at will. It's a circumstantial gift that God gives for a certain time. And the reason why I want to emphasize this gift today is because when we do see someone lay hands on someone and they are healed, we can naturally go, they got the gift of healing, I haven't, I'm out. And they rule themselves out, but that's not the way it's meant to be in the body of Christ. This is the way I see it. If someone is sick and you know and they need prayer, guess what? You go up to them, you lay hands on them, and you ask God for a healing for that person. 
Don't rule yourself up. I haven't got the gift of ministry. No, the body of Christ. God wants us all to work together. Yes, there are some people who operate in that gift at a high level, okay? But I believe that everybody who loves Jesus uh, is involved in this, okay? Anyway, that's gift of healing. Uh, just quickly, for the sake of time, we'll go really, really quickly. Um, the next one, working of miracles. Again, obviously another occasional circumstantial gift, <laughs> work of miracles. I can't pull that miracle out of my pocket at will. Just so you know, it has to be from God. And then to another prophecy. Paul really loves this gift. He says, you use the gift of prophecy, it's going to build up the church. People get edified. The New Testament view of prophecy can be defined as someone speaking forth in merely human words, something that the Spirit of God has spontaneously revealed to the human heart. Again, another circumstantial gift. Do you know why? Because none of us can get a prophetic revelation at will. God has to give it to us. Can we ask for it? Yes, he wants us to ask for it. And when he does give us that prophetic revelation, in Jesus' name, we step out in faith and we speak. And when it comes to, just another side issue before I move on, when it comes to the gift of prophecy, can we just relax in that area? I think sometimes there's a little bit of stress, like I have to predict the future I have to give some sort of direction for that person. I have to see like angelic visitation. Like, no, 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 no. Sometimes it's a matter of at the right time saying to someone, hey, you know what? I really feel like God says he's proud of you or that God remembers you or God loves you. Something as simple as that, the right time can really change somebody, okay? Your part is say, God, give me that gift that I can prophesy. In other words, I can speak into that person's life what you want to say. Again, all for the building up of the body of Christ. Um, and then it says to, nearly there, another, the ability dis to distinguish between spirits. Yeah, I might, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm just worried about time. This is just, this is like God gives you discernment. God's giving you discernment, right? It's like, you know, to help someone understand, okay, is that a psychological illness? Is that even demonic is that the flesh and so god gives someone that discernment so they can pray into that situation all right that's the way i understand it and then lastly it says to another various kinds of tongues and interpretation of tongues and you know these two need to work together if it's going to be used in the corporate gathering now whilst paul said anyone who prays in a tongue or speaks in a tongue edifies themselves they speak mysteries to god that's true uh, but I also believe you can actually use it in a corporate setting that God gives someone a tongue to speak out, but no one gets edified unless there's an interpreter. I don't think this happens in a lot of churches, um, but it can be used, but make sure there's an interpreter, he says. Because Paul says if there is no interpretation, no one knows what you're talking about, no one's edified. If an unbeliever walks in or an inquirer or a seeker and your tongue's speaking and there's no interpretation, you all look mad. He says, just be quiet. All right? If someone's got the gift of interpretation, awesome. But he also talks a lot about weighing it up as well. But that's another discussion for another time. So basically... As a snapshot of the gifts there, and uh, I'm aware that going through some of these gifts can create more questions than answers, granted. I, I get that. And some of the things that I've just mentioned in the few minutes that I've had with you, you may disagree with, and you know what? That's okay. As long as we weigh it up against Scripture, 
Okay, experience is good. Don't get me wrong. Experience is great. But let's make sure that we balance it and weigh it up against the truth of Scripture. Um, and it's okay if we have a humble and teachable spirit and a willingness to learn. Because we're meant to be talking about it. You're not meant to be dogmatic about it and opinionated and I know the right way and I don't care about what you say. Guys, that's not loving. That's not the church. You say, hey, okay, we disagree. Why do you disagree? Let's talk about it. Let's work it through together. Because I've believed certain things in the past that guess what? I've changed my mind on. It's okay. God has, he knows that. All right. So let's, again, not be dogmatic. Let's build each other up and let's explore this together and get a full and proper understanding of the gifts so that we can step out and use them for the glory of God. Amen? Great. Um, Dan, I might get you to come and join me as we start to wrap up. Now, are these the only gifts mentioned in the New Testament? No, there are more. But the reason why I wanted to focus on this passage today and these gifts are simply because they are the ones that get most overlooked because they're the most controversial, right? No one's going to question a teaching gift. No one's going to question a leadership gift or a gift of encouragement or gift of hospitality. But for these more miraculous, unusual gifts, like prophecy, tongues, miracles. These are the ones that a lot of people stay away from, and yet they're the very ones that God has given the church that we should earnestly seek after. This is why I don't want to avoid them. Yes, some people may have abused them. There might be things here that we don't understand, but we can't just ignore them because the Bible says earnestly seek after these especially the gift of prophecy. Everyone can really get involved in that so we can all be built up. And if God calls us or Paul um, calls us to earnestly desire or seek after the gifts, I believe, therefore, that they are available to everybody who desires them. If you're a follower of Jesus and you love Him, if you have the Holy Spirit living in you, if you are a vessel to be used for the glory of God, these gifts are available to you if you desire them. And I believe a lot of, we're not seeing a lot of these things happening in the church, I think, because a lot of people aren't desiring them. Imagine if we came and we desired them. We go, man, Lord, can you give me this gift? Because I want to build up the body of Christ. I want to bless that person. I want to strengthen that person. I want to comfort that person. Imagine if everybody was getting involved because remember, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 12, he talked about one body, many parts. He is saying everybody has a part to play. We should never say one person is more gifted than another. I said I had a love burst for these people up on the stage here. They get the attention, the light's on them. They got the microphone. But they're not more important than everybody else here in the body of Christ in the church. That's not offensive to you, is it, Aaron? No. Matter of fact, if they're humble, they would rejoice with me. <laughs> Every person is important in the body of Christ. So earnestly seek the gifts. Again, not for ourselves. Not so we can be all puffed up thinking that we're super spiritual. But because they're tools that God has given His people so the church may be strengthened until we attain the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Remember this gift at the start. 
um, I said it's perfect for me because I like my coffee. And I like making coffees for people, but there's a problem. I've never used one of these before. I've got a Breville Barista Express coffee machine at home. I use that. Again, can't make them very well, Brad. But I like doing it and I know how to use that. Just don't know how to use this one. So what do I do? If I don't know how to use it, I so desperately want to make good coffees for somebody, but I don't even know where to start. What do I do? I just have to look back in the box and go, oh, hello. Look at this. What are the odds? Instruction. <laughs> it's got all the parts, the components. I like this. Before first use. That's pretty good. In other words, they're saying get familiar with the product before you use it because you could use it wrong. Do you see a connection here? Get familiar with the gift so when you use it, you don't use it wrong. Tips and precautions, I've got that as well. Use discernment when using the gifts. And that's what we're doing here today. We're opening up the Bible. What does the Bible say? What does God's Word say? Granted, there is not a lot in here with regards to how you use the gifts. There isn't. Paul gives a few instructions about what to be careful of and what to pursue. But there's not a lot. So in that situation, what do you do? Well, you come before God and you say, God, would you change my heart? Would you give me inspiration? Would you be able to speak to me? But secondly, you know what you do? You go to somebody else who may be operating in that gift and you say, can you teach me? Can I learn from you? You, you? you seem to get it. I'd love to know how to use it. In the same way that I would go to someone who owns one of these and use it regularly, I'd say, hey, you use this. I don't know how to use it. Can you show me? My heart is that we would be a church that's thriving. We'll be a church that flourishes. We'll be a church that would honour Jesus. I think we do. But let's just go, let's go the next level, hey? We want to see people healed. We want to see people whole. We want to see people blessed. We want to see people strong. I do not want to see people walking around going, you know what, my life's tough and I just got to sit it out until Jesus comes back again. No. You get healed in the name of Jesus. And we can actually be that healing for other people. Let me finish with application because I can really get carried away. Sorry about that. Nearly went, nearly digressed. But, you know, Pastor Charles isn't here, so, you know, whatever. But he might be watching online later on. So, personal <laughs> reflection. What does it look like for you to grow in your understanding? of the spiritual gifts. That's the question I want you to ponder. Maybe you've never really thought about these gifts that I've gone through in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Go through it. Read it. Study it. Um, perhaps you've ruled yourself out because you think, well, I haven't got that gift. That's someone else. Not necessarily. Again, if you love Jesus and you have the Spirit of God and you want to be used by God, this is available to you. Maybe you were brought up in a church tradition that never taught about this. That's, that's fine. I was too. But I decided to go deep and I decided to say, hey, what, what do the Scriptures say? I want to honour God. So study the gifts. Gain a greater awareness. Think, reflect, learn, talk to others, get the conversation going. So I know Connect Groups has you know, finished up this year, but as you get together with one another, talk about it. 
Second question there or is, can you recognize times when God has used you in these gifts? Um, you may be operating in them and you didn't even realize. You ever notice when someone has a certain gift, I'll talk about permanent residential gift, and they have this gift, they do it so well, and they just say, can't anybody do that? Well, I think, no, it's easy for you because you have it. No, not everybody can do that. I spoke to you about that, young lady. Amy is a gifted human. She can just do things that people can't do. Sorry to embarrass you. And she's just thinking, eh, anyone can do this. The Advent Reflection, the website, anyone could do this. No, 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 no. But sometimes we're like that. It's like we have this gift, can't everybody do it? No, not everybody can. But maybe you do operate in a gift and you think, really? Maybe you're gifted in that area. And the third way is follow the way of love and earnestly seek the gifts. Remember, the joy comes from blessing others and serving one another. That's what it means to follow the way of love. When someone is born again, Paul says, the old is gone, the new has come. The old looking after me, self-centered, Cal, that's dead and buried in the waters of baptism, no more. I'm raised up to new life in Jesus' name. And I am no longer going to operate like that, being self-centered. I'm going to be selfless and I want to love people. And that's why we need to have the gifts to say, I want to bless you, I want to bless you, I want to bless you, so the body of Christ may be built up. So there are my thoughts today. Can I get everyone to stand if you are able to? I want to just close this time praying. Uh, Charles is next week. He's going to come and he's going to be a little bit more practical about how do we take these gifts and use them practically every day. Uh, today was really about getting you thinking about the gifts, what the Scriptures say. Um, but what I'd love to do right now is that if you... If something I've said has resonated with you and you get this stirring to want to seek the gifts, I want to pray for you. So maybe get everyone to close their eyes, bow their head. This is just between you and God and about where you're at. And if you're there and you're thinking, yeah, I want to operate in those gifts. I want to be used of God in all these areas. Uh, if, if that's you, maybe just put your hands in front of you as a sign of surrender that you want to receive today. Awesome. And with your heart, just focus on Jesus. Focus on the Father. The Father wants to give good gifts to His children. He's here today. So as I pray, all you have to do is don't overthink anything. Just stop and receive and say, thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I ask that your Spirit be over this place. I ask that you just come and that you would just deposit something in people's hearts, Lord God, something of your presence. I thank you for the stirring that you've put in people's hearts. I thank you, Lord God, that you want to use us for the glory of God so that your church may become so beautiful, strong, uh, a force to be reckoned with and a reflection of the love of Jesus. So I'm praying, Lord God, even as I pray now that you, by your grace, would pour your spirit into people's hearts that they may manifest your spirit through a variety of ways, through supernatural gifts that they can never do on their own. It is a gift from you. And then as we step out in faith, and I do pray, Lord, that you will give us faith, but as we step out in faith, that you would just magnificently and beautifully work in and through us so that people's lives may be changed and that, Jesus, you may get all the glory. And I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.